0: A lot of times if they just stay like that, they're no big deal. They're not necessarily painful. You don't really have to do anything. But there are times where it might be on the center of your forehead or I had a guy today right here on his cheek and it was starting to get pretty big. Welcome to The Skin Reel, your guide to all things skincare, skin health, beauty, and more curated by dermatologists and true skin experts. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Alice Mina. I'm a double board certified dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon with over a decade of clinical experience. If you're looking for real, practical, unhyped skincare guidance and expertise, or you just think the skin is really cool, then you're in the right spot. I'm so glad you've tuned in to The Skin Reel. Now let's dive in, because this is how dermatologists talk skin. everyone. Quick disclaimer here before we start. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. If you're looking for help on your skin journey, please check out the American Academy of Dermatology's website, aad.org, where you can search their database for dermatologists near you. It is so important that you have someone in your corner who's well-trained, licensed, and board-certified who can help you make decisions when it comes to your skin health. Okay, got it? Great. Now for the fun stuff. Hi there. Did you know that many of the topics I bring to you on The Skin Reel are things I actually see and treat in my office As a practicing board-certified dermatologist, that's right, at Bauckham and Mina Derm Surgery, my business partner and I are on a mission to provide exceptional procedural dermatology care in Atlanta, Georgia. We offer skin cancer surgery to large cyst and lipoma removals, to injectables, chemical peels, microcoring, and more advanced techniques with things like liposuction, eyelid lifts, neck lifts, lip lifts, and so much more but most of all, we love helping our patients transform their skin with real results. You know me, I am all about real skincare by real skin experts, real simple. If you're in the Atlanta area, I hope you'll stop by and see me. You can get more information at my website, atlantadermsurgery.com or by calling 404-844-0496. I can't wait to see you. Hi, Skin Friend, thank you so much for tuning in. If you are listening, the day this is released, it is Christmas, December 25th, 2023. What a magical day it is in my house. I've got little kids or school-age kids, and it is just a lot of fun, a lot of experience excitement and I hope that you are getting to spend some time with your loved ones and families today on this joyous day. Now for today's episode, I am going to be sharing a podcast guest episode I did with my dermatology colleague, Dr. Ozzy, who is the host of a podcast, a skin-focused podcast called More Than a Pretty Face. So definitely check that out. We will put that in the show notes below. But In this episode, I was interviewed by Dr. Ozzy and really had a great time sharing about some of my areas of expertise, which tends to be more procedural dermatology. As a Mohs surgeon, I see and treat a lot of skin cancers and it can be super, super frustrating for patients who have had a lot of sun damage and they have to come in what feels like all the time to have their Skin cancers removed and some of these skin cancers can be quite difficult, quite challenging and can be very destructive. So I just share with Dr. Ozzie some of my tips for managing sun damage and skin cancers prevention as well as treatment but we also chat about some fun stuff like cysts and lipomas I know that Dr. Pimple Popper, Dr. Sandra Lee has really popularized the removal of cysts and lipomas with her shows and people just find this mesmerizing. And I have to admit, I find it super satisfying to find a big sister lipoma that's been bothering someone and to be able to remove that, especially without having to put them under general anesthesia. It's really fun. I really feel like I'm making a difference for these patients who have been struggling with these really large, bothersome cysts and lipomas and they are just so grateful and thrilled that they can be safely removed and that really is a lot of fun and a big part of my practice and of course I'll also share some of my tips for how to pro-age and what we can be doing now to keep our skin looking and feeling amazing down the road. If you follow me or listen to this podcast, you know that I am actually pretty simple when it comes to my skincare routines and products and things that I do. In fact, I really have done minimal devices and procedures because I feel like it's not always necessary. And I know people love to talk about them and they sound really sexy and they're marketed really well, but sometimes the truth is you don't really need it. And if you follow my podcast, you know that I'm really all about doing the least amount for the most impactful, biggest bang for your buck. So I loved getting to be a guest on Dr. Ozzy's podcast. It's an amazing podcast. Definitely check it out if you haven't already. And I hope you enjoy this week's episode. And I'll be back next week with my tips for how to have beautiful, healthy skin in 2024.
1: Hi, Dr. Weena. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on. It's so nice to connect with you. I love having dermatologists on our podcast. And so... I'm excited to talk to you. So tell everyone, where are you calling in from? Where is your practice? So I am a practicing dermatologist in Atlanta,
0: Georgia, and I have a practice where we mostly focus on procedural skin needs for our patients. So I do a lot of skin cancer surgery, Mohs surgery, a lot of cysts, lipomas, as well as cosmetic and aesthetic treatments. I see. And how long have you been practicing? So I can't believe it, but I have been at my practice now for over 10 years. I actually met my business partner, Dr. Bauckham, when I was a fellow at Emory and really loved how he ran the practice and how he took care of patients. It really resonated with me. And he didn't know he was looking for an associate and and then a partner, but ended up joining him. And it's been great. We have a lot of fun. And I think we take great care of our patients and we both really love what we do. So
1: definitely really, really happy and love our practice here. That's wonderful. So do you see all ages and and what is your demographic? Do you focus on just mainly procedures or do you still do medical dermatology?
0: So mostly procedural. I sort of tell people I'm like Dr. Pimple Popper, but in Atlanta. (laughs) However, so one of the great things about derm, right, is that we can take care of patients from newborn to cradle to grave, right, from all ages. So I do see sometimes children, but that being said, a lot of times kids don't necessarily need surgical procedures for their skin every now and then there might be a funny mole, something needs to be removed, or I actually recently removed some excess scar tissue after a little girl had a large hemangioma that involuted, so I was able to kind of surgically remove that. But I would say while I do treat all ages, my patients tend to skew older, I would say probably
1: 40s upward. I see. Well, I love this pro-aging approach that you share with your audience and your patients where we are focusing mostly on skin health and not just the cosmetic aspect of dermatology. So tell us a little bit about this pro-aging theory or or approach that you have.
0: Yeah, well, perhaps it's because I am now in my mid-40s And I'm starting to see the signs of aging, which when you're in your 20s and even in your 30s, you are not really thinking about that. It seems so far off and it's never going to happen to you. And then you have kids and you get busy with that in your career. But now that I am in my 40s, I am starting to see some of these predictable changes that we notice. And I want to have a healthy balance between looking and feeling my best and also you can really go down this rabbit hole of obsessing about what you look like every little, whether it's real or not, imperfection or some of the changes. So walking that fine line between looking and feeling your best. I don't necessarily feel middle age on the inside and I want my outside to match how I feel on the inside, but then also not getting so obsessed with every little thing and understanding that, hey, aging, it's a privilege. Not everyone gets to do it. And with aging comes so many great things. I have so much more confidence now than I did in my 20s and I just really love my life. So I'm not necessarily trying to reverse and go back 10, 15, 20 years. So how do we look forward, though? And I want to
1: age as best as I can, right? I'm sure you probably feel that way, too. Yes. Yeah, so I don't like the word anti-aging. You know, I tell people it's well, aging is better than the alternative. I mean, <laughs> right. sure healthy and you're doing the things that you love and feeling good you know about yourself that's pro-aging and i love that term and how you use it so you're doing a lot of low surgery right in in your practice you were mentioning you see a lot of sugars yeah so i'm also a fellowship trained and double
0: bore certified in dermatology as well as in dermatologic surgery so a large portion of my practice is doing skin cancer surgery and i think that gives me a lot of insight that's why i'm such an advocate for sun protection and I really tell people if you're not going to sun protect then you're kind of wasting your time your energy your money on these other procedures first and foremost sun protect right And there are a lot of ways to do that. It's not just sunscreen, but sunscreen is a big component. And I see on a daily basis, these patients who have had so much sun damage that they're actually getting skin cancers. And sometimes they're in my office all the time. And it's frustrating for them. I know they don't enjoy being cut on all the time. And so if I could give anyone advice now, no matter what
1: age you are, it's never too late. But of course, the sooner the better to sun protect. Agree. And so aside, you know, we know sun plays a huge huge role, right, in formation of all skin cancers, but particularly basal cell skin cancer. You know, we talk about this cumulative effect. Once the damage is done, is there anything that people can do to help reverse that or or make it less likely to you know, develop some of these non melanoma skin cancers?
0: Yeah, so you're absolutely right. It is sun damage that is cumulative, That adds up over your lifetime. And I do get some people coming in saying, well, I'm 70, I'm 80. What's the point, right? What's the point now? The damage is done. I can't undo it. And perhaps if you're 95, maybe, but if you're 70, I think you still got some time. You're too young to say, oh, I'm going to throw in the towel, right? But again, this is why prevention is so key. And if you can start, the earlier you can start, the better. Now, granted, a lot of my patients will say, well, we didn't know back then. It was all the rage to do iodine and baby oil and fry. That was sort of the look in the 70s and tanning. We didn't know. So nowadays we do know, right? So I would just encourage everyone to just be as proactive as you can. But to your point, what are some things you can do once you have had the sun exposure? You can't reverse it necessarily, but there are a couple of things we can do. One is just start being vigilant with sun protection. That can help prevent these precancers that develop, which can go on to become squamous cells. The other thing to try would be a topical treatment. So there are chemo creams, chemotherapeutic creams which you apply a couple times a day or depending on which one, on your face, your chest, your arms, etc. A common trade name is Effudex. Another one is Aldera. So the generic names are
1: 5-fluorouracil. Or a miquimod, those are sort of the most common ones. That's for precancer. So somebody's developed the precancers already, they're seeing them. Is this something you have them apply for a period of time? Or I know some of my patients just have prescriptions of these and they, they use it as spot treatment.
0: Yeah, so I don't love it as a spot treatment. So usually I will tell them if they're going to do it, think of treating sort of sections. So you will get red and crusty depending on how much underlying sun damage you have. It sort of brings it to the surface. So I will usually tell people, treat maybe just your forehead or treat just the sides of your face. Or maybe if you're um, a man, treat just your scalp because it can be too much to do all at once because you are going to get red and crusty. But then once that resolves, you have healthy skin underneath, and then anything that doesn't go away really catches my eye and usually needs a little more attention. So topicals are great. I also love a good, strong chemical peel. And as you know, in some recent literature that's come out that even doing a fractionated laser has been shown to also help reduce precancers and potentially these maybe early subclinical skin cancers before they develop. So those are some. There's also some data using nicotinamide, which is a B vitamin, and taking that twice a day in a high dose, so more than what you would get in your multivitamin, has been shown in studies in Australia to actually reduce the number of skin cancers. So for some of my patients who are really proactive or they're really just getting so many of these all the time, I
1: definitely will recommend that they get on that as a supplement. So nicotinamide, so I tell people 500 milligrams twice a day. Is that what you're having them do as well? And I
0: find it's really, really well tolerated. There are some other medications that are used to help prevent predominantly, well, I guess, basal cells and squamous cells, right? And they are not well tolerated, right? Patients stop them because the side effects are so severe, they can't stay on it. But I find that with nicotinamide, people seem to tolerate it really well. No one really stops it because of side effects. So I find it's pretty safe. And I do feel like there is a reduction in the number of skin cancers that my patients who are on it can get. So I do find that that's helpful. There's no magic pill that's gonna make all your skin cancers go away, unfortunately which is why I really harp
1: on sun protection and the sooner the better. And what about supplements like HelioCare that is supposed to be an oral supplement that acts as a sunscreen? Do you have your patients take that? It depends. I'm pretty minimalistic
0: with my skincare and everything, so I don't personally take it. But I definitely have friends, and there are some patients who will take it. Again, this is for someone who is really proactive. They want to do everything, everything possible. And there have been some studies showing that by taking the supplement, it can help reduce some of the sunburns and some of the sun damage. Again, it is not a replacement for sunscreen, which I just caution anyone taking them. Don't think that you can just take this pill and not have to wear sunscreen. But again, I think in combination, if you spend a lot of time outdoors and you are getting more sun, then you realize it's not a bad option either. And also really the only thing
1: it might hurt is your wallet, that it's actually really safe and well tolerated. What are your some of your favorite sunscreens? Do you have ones that you particularly like? that you recommend people use.
0: Yeah, so I'm pretty basic with my stuff and most of my skincare products are from the drugstore, but I do really like the Elta products. I just got the arrow spray recently and i'm a big fan of that especially with my kids it's all mineral based i think it's 14 percent zinc oxide and it rubs in you spray it it rubs in really light it's almost like a milk and i just hate the feeling of heavy thick greasy products on my skin which i know some people are like aren't you a dermatologist aren't you supposed to love putting stuff on your skin but i find that that one rubs in really well and i like that it mineral-based and just for that increased UVA protection. And so I'm really enjoying that. I love the La Roche-Posay
1: sunscreens, and those are kind of my mainstays right now. What about you? I use something called Hydratin BB. It's an S, it's a mineral-based SPF 44. I stopped wearing foundation, so now I just wear that as my coverage moisturizer SPF. I'm a minimalist too, so I like to use one product for everything. But I also love the Elta MD. I, I feel like our pink ones really uh, like those. And a lot of my patients love the brush-on sunscreens too because it's, especially if it's warm and humid out, it soaks up moisture and oil. What do you think about those for reapplication?
0: definitely some of my staff were like, hey, look at this, how cool it is. As someone who lives in a climate that's pretty humid, and also I tend to have oily skin, anything to help zap up that oil is helpful. I would just caution people not to use it in replacement of sunscreen, but for maybe touching up or throughout the day, I think it can have some benefit. But I wouldn't use it exclusively, just like I don't recommend Counting on sunscreen in your makeup to be your sole sunscreen, right? Because maybe you are, but most people are not coating their face with such a thick foundation to get the appropriate SPF. But yeah, I like those. Some of my staff really like the Super Goop products. But I tell people there's no magic sunscreen. It's whatever feels good on your skin and what feels good on my skin may not work for you. So a lot of times it's just trial and error. See what you like. See what feels good. Because if you don't like how it feels, you're not going to wear it. I agree. The best sunscreen is the one you're going to wear, right? Right. And you don't have to spend a lot of money. That's another reason why I like La Roche-Posay and Elta. I feel like they're elegant and they feel good on the skin. And they're also at a good price point. I I'm not going to go put on like a sports sunscreen that I'd put on my children on myself and then go to work. That would just feel super sticky and I wouldn't like that. So
1: I think those products to me are a good balance. I love it. So you said you're pretty basic when it comes to skincare, but what do you put on at night? Do you have a particular anti-aging sort of go-to that you use at night? What do you use? Because your skin's beautiful. I mean, it doesn't look like you ever had any sun on your skin. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: am very, very pale that sometimes even a tinted sunscreen is a a little problematic on me, but definitely have had problems with my skin. So I used to have acne and things like that. But So I'm a minimalist, but I do have a few extras, right? So I do use a vitamin C serum in the morning before I put on my sunscreen. And I am a big, big believer of tretinoin or a vitamin A retinoid at night. And I've actually been using one probably very consistently since I was even a teenager because I was using it for my acne at the time and even had to use Tazeratine at one point. But now I use it, I would say not every night, but most nights of the week. I use a tiny little pee. I put that on my face before I go to bed. And I find that just using that consistently for the last
1: 20 years has made a huge difference. It does. It really does. I have yet to meet a dermatologist that doesn't use retinoids at night (laughs) i i know i don't think that exists well moving on you are the dr pimple popper of atlanta (laughs) (laughs) self-proclaimed to talk about you know lumps and bumps in the skin and so for the listeners at home like when somebody feels like a bump or a lump under the skin most commonly we think of cysts or we think of lipomas Tell us what those are and is there a way that somebody at home can kind of differentiate between the two and when it's a good idea to see a doctor, we feel a lump and bump under the skin?
0: So I do think just having Dr. Pimple Popper being out there, people are a little more aware of, oh, that's a cyst. A cyst has a sac. You got to get the sac and and things like that. So I think people are a little more aware of what these are. But lumps and bumps under the skin, typically they are either cysts or lipomas. And both of those are super, super common. In fact, I've got a lipoma. I have a small lipoma. I think most people have had some sort of little cyst or lipoma at some point in their life. And they're benign, but they can be annoying and they can grow pretty big. So let's just kind of start off with cysts. So cysts are kind of just skin cells that get trapped underneath your skin surface. Sometimes they have a little punctum or connection to the overlying skin. And it feels like a little marble under the skin. You can kind of take your finger and kind of move the little marble around. And a lot of times if they just stay like that, they're no big deal. They're not necessarily painful. You don't really have to do anything. But there are times where it might be on the center of your forehead. Or I had a guy today right here on his cheek and it was starting to get Pretty big. And I guess the biggest reason why people seek medical care is because they rupture. And if you've ever had a cyst rupture, you know that it is not fun. It is painful. So, what happens is the skin cells are continuing to produce keratin, which is what our skin does, but it's producing keratin in this walled off structure and so it's a pressure cooker right and when the pressure gets too high it ruptures under the skin and sometimes it will start to
1: drain it's smelly it's got this pretty classic smell so removing them before they get to that point before they get big there's definitely
0: a line of reasoning for doing that and so sometimes i'll have people show me their cyst and i will tell them if it really doesn't bother you you don't have to do anything. But especially if it's in a cosmetically sensitive area, I usually recommend getting it removed rather than just waiting and watching to see because either it's visible or if you wait until it ruptures, then we sort of have to calm down that inflammation first. And so I won't be able to treat it until that cyst capsule reformed, And so we're sort of delaying the time for treatment. And then you've got that red, oozy drainage. And so we sort of have to calm that down first, let the cyst reform. It's always easier to remove a cyst when it hasn't ruptured, as you I'm sure know, because when it's ruptured, there's a lot of fibrosis and scarring. A lot of times I have to go a little bit wider with my excision versus making just a little slit, popping it out. So, if you do have one, especially if you feel like it's growing or changing, then I probably would see someone sooner than later. But just know if it does rupture, we can help. We can inject it. We can sometimes give medicine that helps with the inflammation. And then once that this wall reforms, we can surgically remove it.
1: So, lymphomas now, they're fatty tumors. They're made up of fat. Now, other than. Cutting them out surgically, is there anything you can inject? Have you ever tried like, like Kybella or yeah. any of these like fat dissolving things that can help remove them non surgically? Well, so since I am a derm
0: surgeon, I just cut them out. Well, I'll tell you the reason I like to cut them out is that they usually clump together. So these fat cells, they look different from your normal fat, which is sort of small little yellow pieces. The lipoma, a lot of times, uh, sometimes I'll say it looks like a chicken nugget or a big bigger one can look like a chicken breast. It's sort of smooth and well contained. And so sometimes I can just make a incision and I can just with my hand almost scoop it out. And when I can get it whole like that, the chance of it coming back is really, really low. So I do like to surgically remove them. I have not personally tried Kybella, but I know people have. I don't know. Have you done it? And what are your thoughts?
1: No, mm, I like removing them as well because I feel encapsulated. So if you are successful at dissolving some of the fat, I feel like the recurrence rate is pretty high. Yeah. It's kind of like treating a cyst by injecting it with a
0: steroid medicine, right? We're sort of temporarily making it smaller, making it shrink. But again, we're not removing the capsule or that little lipoma pieces are still there. So I think you're you're really just sort of delaying it. It's going to reform. It's going to come back. So I know some people have tried liposuction as well, which again, you will be sucking out the fat, but you are breaking it apart. And so then you're going to have little lipoma pieces that can reform. So again, I think your best bet is to remove it. And in my office, we remove humongous ones. And that's because we don't do it under general anesthesia. We do it with tumescent anesthesia, which is what we do for liposuction. And you can numb up very safely a large area and um, they can be removed in a very straightforward manner. So you don't have to go under general anesthesia. The downtime is shorter because of that. So they can really be
1: safely removed. So yeah, I I just cut them out. I love the difference between going to a dermatologist for something like this and a plastic surgeon because I find that if you go to a plastic surgeon, he's probably going to take you to the operating room and he's probably going to use general anesthesia. Whereas as dermatologists we're trained to remove just about anything from the skin using just local. And I think NASA anesthesia this has come a really long way for us in being with these big tumors, you know, so easily from the skin.
0: Yeah. And it, it's safer for the patient not to have to go under general anesthesia. And I know I see a lot of people come in with huge lipomas. And I'll say, why didn't you, you know, why now? Well, how come you didn't think about getting it removed before? And a lot of the times they are scared. They're scared about having to go through general anesthesia. They're scared about having to have this procedure in the hospital. And so they sort of just ignore it and delay it. And then, unfortunately, it's just had time to continue to grow and grow. But I think with a little Valium, you're relaxed, and we can safely remove these with local anesthesia, which is
1: really cool. I love that. So I'm moving on down, I want to talk about next. Because I get a lot of questions from a lot of my followers, what can I do for my neck? Well, I wanted to ask you that too. (laughs) I feel
0: like necks are one of the first areas you see aging. What? And that's because the skin is thinner on our necks. We don't have as many oil glands. And so it's also harder to treat. So I would say first and foremost for people out there, think of your neck as a continuation of your face. I feel like a lot of people and myself included, When we're doing our skincare product, we put it, we're maybe good about our face or we'll do sunscreen on our face or our vitamin A cream on our face, but we've totally forgotten our neck. And so I would tell people, go ahead, extend your creams, your serums, your sunscreen onto your neck and also your upper chest,
1: because that area is going to show signs of aging too. Right. Chest. And then I always say, don't forget your hands, even your earlobes, you know, Yeah. you know, those other off the face products. So
0: next, Will, you can start to see signs of frapiness. People worry a lot about the horizontal necklines, but honestly, my children have those. So I feel like those aren't necessarily a sign of aging, um, although people do notice that. But what you can see is that Crepiness. You can start seeing platysmal bands, which are those vertical lines from the neck that definitely can age someone. And so I would say a lot of times that I would just sort of look at the patient and see what bothers them. And depending on their age, that will determine what treatments or I shouldn't say age, right? but depending on their needs. Right. So if they just have a little bit of crepiness, I love doing some dilute radius in that area. I find it adds some collagen and volume back and sort of just fills up that balloon that's gotten a little deflated. And I love doing a little neuromodulator. So I'll use trade name Botox, Xeomin, in those platysmal bands. And I think starting that Early before they are really strong is really beneficial. So I I love doing a little bit of neuromodulator, so Botox on the neck for the platysmal bands, and I'm also a big fan of doing a little bit at your DAO muscles that form that sort
1: of marionette line or puppet line around your mouth. That muscle really pulls on the corners of the mouth, so I I love it there too. What about Nefertini neck lifts? Do you ever inject Botox like along the jawline or anywhere else? Definitely. So
0: adding a little bit there and then again, getting that early platysmal muscle right under the jawbone, I think can really help give a nice lift and sort of delay some of those aging signs early on. And then just making sure people are doing sunscreen. I also like doing my retinol on the neck. It's a little more sensitive there, so a lot of times I'll mix it with a moisturizer. But I also, yeah, do do it on your hands too, right, and your and your chest. So going back to skincare,
1: what would you say the top three skincare ingredients would be for somebody who wants to pro age and wants to delay the signs of aging?
0: So just focusing on skincare products, I would say number one, two, and three has to be sunscreen, sun protection, right? Because that is such an accelerator of aging. I wish people really understood how much that accelerates the aging process, that and smoking. So don't smoke and make sure you're wearing your sunscreen and sun protecting. Other products, I think a vitamin A cream, so a retinol, a retinoid can be really, really impactful for boosting collagen. I think I read somewhere that the tretinoin 0.05 can boost your collagen 300%, and that's with a cream. But not only that, recent studies have shown hyaluronic acid as well. That was going to be another one I would say is making sure you're using moisturizers. A lot of these moisturizers already will have
1: some hyaluronic acid in it, some ceramides and other actives. So what about the recent studies that show that tretinoid or vitamin A products can also boost hyaluronic acid? What do you think of that? I think that's amazing. I love it. So again, another
0: reason why vitamin A is really as close to a magic cream as we can get. So sort of joking, I always think you have to be realistic with what you expect a cream to do, right? A cream isn't going to remove your sagging skin and be equivalent to a surgical neck lift or procedure. But if you are consistent with using vitamin A and if you improve the hyaluronic acid in your skin and you can boost your collagen, your neck is going to look better. But it's like exercise or, or weight loss, right? It takes consistency and it doesn't happen overnight. So I think People sometimes get frustrated and they stop before they really get to reap the benefits of that. Right. You can't use it for two weeks and say, well, my lines are still there. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And uh, in my office, we also do um, microneedling on the neck. I think that's great for someone who really has just very early signs of aging or someone who's not really looking for a more aggressive treatment. And then we also have microcoring, and that's where you actually remove little pores of skin, little columns in the skin. Aunt Laura in your office? Are you using We that? do. Yeah. So it's FDA approved for the lower face, but it also works really nicely on the neck as well. So that's something that I'm excited about. I think it's a great device for someone who is not ready for a neck lift. And, and then sort of the most extreme, but also the one where you get the biggest bang for your buck is to go ahead and do a neck lift. And again, this is something that we do in my office under local anesthesia with Valium and Tumesa Anesthesia. And again, you you hide the scar nicely around the ear, you pull that excess skin off, and that certainly tightens the neck. So <laughs> that's sort of the gamut,
1: right? depending on how aggressive you want to be and then also what your needs are. Yeah, I love that. Well, so much valuable information. I loved discussing all of this with you, both from a medical dermatology perspective, but also, you know, some of the fine cosmetic dermatology. Where can people find you? I We, I, we told everybody your practice is based in Atlanta, but where, where can people get to know you more?
0: Yeah, well, so like you, I have a podcast called The Skin Real. Where I just try to put out really good science-backed, factual information about skin, hair, nail health, like you. And I love interviewing um, our colleagues and just having great conversations and just putting really good information out there for the listeners. So I'm also at Dr. Mina Skin on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and all of that. And then my practice is at Bacha Mina MD. And again, I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia.
1: I love it. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me on the podcast today. I really appreciate it despite the technical difficulties. So <laughs> I'm glad
0: it doesn't just happen to me. <laughs> well, that was fun. That, I really appreciate it. That's all I've got for this week's episode of the Skin Real Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help me and other new potential listeners to find my show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave me a review, take a screenshot and email it to info at and I will send you a thank you free PDF on skincare truths versus hype because you know I love spreading the word of good truthful skincare. And please be sure to share, share, share with your skin friends so that we can get the word out there about real skin. And until next time, remember, no matter where you are in your skincare journey, always remember to love the skin you're in because real skincare from real experts can be real simple.